bet you D. Rowe is a Bills fan. That's right, we're too smart for him. Yeah, we are, aren't we? I thought you guys thought we're boys. I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh my god. Oh, Any last words, boyo? I know nothing about that bulldozer. Give him the juice! Hey, you, uh, you death row? I am. Talking about. That's right. I forgot that you thought I was a Bills fan. That was. That was something else, though. Dude, I'll tell you what, the Cowboys Nation, it's a problem like Leafs Nation. <laughs> like Glenn Schiller, of all people. He just sends me a text, and it's like some board with Dak Prescott comparison. Oh, we all got it. I, I, I love it. It's great. Dak Prescott it's, in seven seasons. It's like, but you know. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's just, it's the same thing every year. And since I started doing this job, I have never seen something overhyped. And even like analysts, they're like, at the beginning of the year, they're like, this is the, the year the Cowboys get this done. And I'm like, it's never the year. Is this guy for real with that language? Dude, the, the and Cowboys. And then they just something implodes. They self in, they they self inflicted wound. I, I, it's just a weird thing, man. The Cowboys fans they can sniff out Cowboys conversations from miles away. <laughs> like can. if you're if you're in a neighborhood and someone's doing some yard work or doing some renos, guys seem to like gravitate towards it. They just want to know what's going on. Cowboys fans are like that. Someone's talking Cowboys. It could be an Ajax. They're there, and they yeah. got a stat for you. Hot and Glenn Tony Pollard talk. Hot Tony Pollard talk. Yeah, they are something else. They like they bother people. I can understand why <laughs> Leafs Nation. They bother people, right? Because the Cowboys fans are the same. Yeah. On that note, life or death row. If you remember, I will read out a tweet. Yes. And we will give it life or the Death chair. Row. Frankie, you can always go first, and I'll follow after you. Okay. All right. We're going to start with uh, Coach Frank, who's, uh, who's it's Lou Brown with a Maple Leafs hat on. <laughs> Matthew Nyes will start on left wing with Matthews and Marner. Game one versus Tampa, and Bunting will play with Ryan O'Reilly on the third line. It's not a bad premise, death row, but ultimately I'm going to give this the chair, JP. Yep. I'll tell yep. you why. Matthew Nyes is coming out of college. He's never played in the NHL. It's too much responsibility to have to put on this player. Furthermore, Michael Bunting, when he couldn't play or barely played last year because he had a hurt ankle, that hurt the team. And if Michael Bunting is healthy and able to play, he is best suited to play on the first line. Jeff. Give it the sizzle, please, J.P. Perry. <laughs> I have to let people know that just because you're a stud college hockey player doesn't mean that you're entitled to just put the Maple Leafs jersey on and skate out onto the ice in the National Hockey League and be the same thing that you are in college hockey. Would it be a pleasant surprise? Did guys like Mike Johnson do that? Yes, he did. But it's not a guarantee. There is no guarantee in this in this league that it will translate immediately. So would I like to see it? Do I think it would be an unbelievable fit to have a young guy that's hungry, who's got some size, that can create some problems? It would be fantastic, but it's just not an automatic. And Michael Bunting, uh, that, that, that's another story. I, uh, he can be inconsistent, and I don't like the goofiness with the refs. But doesn't the guy kind of work his ass off every night? You bet. I, I, I yeah. kind of think he does. And for, for a team that doesn't have a bunch of energy guys, 
and I know the coach is trying to motivate and make him play his best. It seems like there's a lot of guys that get away with murder out there, and this guy, someone's on his ass all the time. Well, I, I find yeah. it to be quite ironic. And I know he doesn't fight, and we talk about that. That's well documented. But when he's playing with Matthews and Marner, and people want to get into scrums with those guys, give him a little shot after the whistle, even though he's not going to drop the gloves, and we now know that, he's still in there, man. Like, he's doing the face wash. He's mouthing off at guys. He'll give you a stick somewhere. Like... There's still something to that, even though he's not necessarily just going to drop the gloves and fight, because in the playoffs, no one fights anyways. And, and the key thing is game one. Like, let's give him a little bit of a learning curve here. And to think that he's going to be a prominent you know, uh, component of that top line, a top line that, as O brings up, needs Michael Bunting, as we have seen that Sheldon Keefe is trying to wake him up because he knows how important he is to that line, and that's the kind of player that he's going to need in the playoffs. It's a hat trick of sizzle. Oh, I've never heard of the sizzle hat trick. <laughs> yes. Uh, our next one, Matt Murray does not play a single game in the first series of the playoffs. Ooh. I am going to give that JP. Give me Simba up in the air. <laughs> but I think I screwed up. I think I screwed up because the tweet. Can you put the tweet up again? I think I completely butchered this. Matt Murray does not play a single game in the first series. I screwed up. Give that the sizzle, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really bad move. That's the a really bad move. premature Simba. Well, first of all, but you said I was going first for every single one, and you jumped I in. Screwed it up, he was and too I won't excited. do it again. I won't do it again. Please explain I, yourself. I just got this feeling that everybody, and as well, like Craig Button said the other day, you think Samsonov's the guy, and he earned it, but Matt Murray's got that that thing in his back pocket with the two Stanley Cups that I think everyone involved is fascinated with and why wouldn't you be? He's got the job done at the most important time and fan base management players aren't you kind of sniffing around and looking around corners saying can we get that one more time? Can we just get it one more time? Yeah. And if he shows any type of form it's almost like he's got a bit of a lead regardless of what happens going into the playoffs. That's all I'm going to say but about he didn't, that. But he didn't win a cup last year. Like, he won one in 2017. Yeah. That's the last Excellent time. Excellent point, Death That's Pro. a good point. Excellent point. Now, I'm going to give myself, JP, for what I did to this segment. Give me the sizzle, please. <laughs> all right. Here's where I'm at. I'm somewhere in the middle, Can't but I'm leaning more towards life. That's right. That's right. And I think you were on to something the first time, Jeff, when you gave this life. And I'll tell you why, because we talked about it yesterday. You don't need to win a series in seven games. You don't even need to win a series in six. You can win a series well before that. And if the Leafs start the series with Samsonov and things are going well, you're not just going to pull the plug on him if he has one bad game. And if the Leafs are going to win the first round, chances are after one bad game, they're going to have a good game after it, and Ilya Samsonov will play all of those games. Yeah, Samsonov really has, has, has earned the net, to, in, in my opinion, at this point. How much does Matt Murray play between now and the end of the regular season? 
Sorry, I should rephrase. How healthy is Matt Murray between now and the end of the regular season? How much trust can you put in him? I think that you're going to start the playoff series with Samson off. And I'm an optimist. I think the Maple Leafs win a playoff series this year, which means Samson off plays well, which means give me Simba. Is it fair to say that if you're juggling between goaltenders, you might not win that series, Death Row? I don't know, man. Pittsburgh did it, and it's I like know they Pittsburgh did it. They also did how many times did it without like any good defensemen in the one year? Like it's a tough model to follow. All right, what do we uh, got, Death Row? Uh, we're gonna go to golf. Live tour players win at least half of the majors in 2023. Ooh. Okay, this is a spice. This is a spicy one. This is very controversial. Give me. I am gonna give that life. Oh wow! That's it. That's it. I just think when you're talking about Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson, the way they play golf, Brooks Koepka gets back on form. You put them in a real tough venue. They always got a chance to win. It's gonna be fascinating to see what happens at Augusta National. Does those guys playing three rounds only have an effect on their career playing a cut event with four rounds? I'm not sure. That's I don't know. If you, How do you know yeah. who's in form playing on that tour? Like that's no the kill. tricky part. You don't. Like not to say that oh is is wrong naming those guys and their capability of winning, but like. You know, when you make your picks with Hayes, you're talking about like how a guy played at at Bay Hill or how a guy played at the Players Championship. Like you're going off of like, yeah. So at the exhibition that they played at some golf tournament that like yeah, it, the guy won it on the sixth hole with 14 people watching. JP, give it the chair. Thank you, oh. JP. And I'll tell you why, Jeff. <laughs> okay. You you mentioned two players. You said Cam Smith. You said Dustin Johnson, and the conversation yes. ends after that because Brooksy Boy, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, irrelevant when it comes to these big tournaments. They will not be in the mix. So just based on the fact that if you look at the field of the PGA guys with Rom, Spieth, Scheffler, Morikawa, the list goes on and on and on. I just like the odds of those guys winning. Only two live players can win. What about your boy and the, Patrick the one Reed? one point you made, Mark. Yeah, Patrick Reed, he can win. He's a really good player. Like, how do you know? I think that's why they're not getting any world ranking points because uh, do you ever see them play? Like, I haven't seen Phil Mickelson or Bryson DeChambeau hit a golf ball in two years. I thought it was on YouTube, and I tried to go on YouTube to watch it. It wasn't on anymore. I ain't going anymore. on there to watch where, golf. Where is I ain't it? Doing yeah. it. CHCH. Well, so I, it was, I actually found a way to tune in afterwards. And it was funny because the PGA event was happening at the same time. They were both wrapping up at the same time. I can't remember who won. Was it Charles Howell the third? He won last week or two weeks ago. And it was like a little golf clap. There was like 15 people around watching. And then you look at the, the PGA event. There's a big ca- gallery on 18. It's just like it's way more compelling to watch PGA. There's more, we know that anyways. There's more drama at O's Club Championship than there are on the live tour. Mm. I find it really corny. The leaderboard's goofy and some tunes at some holes. Yeah. I don't know. As far as watching golf and being a fan of golf, it's a pretty old school approach where it's like, I want to see four rounds. I like watching it at, after work on Thursday and Friday. And I don't know. I don't I, even I, know if it's old school because like I, I've, I embrace... Yeah, maybe like just normal. But it's, just, it's, it's competition. Like I don't know, like what kind of ranking points do you give for winning a tournament with three rounds 
that is the the, the no cut the, no cut the money's already guaranteed the you know like you're clearly not up against also the world. shotgun the start best. like you're not playing the course the way it's designed like to it, be played like 18 is 18 for a reason like all these holes are designed to be played in the order they're built not start on 8 and finish on 7 yeah you would think that they would originally want to work in their quirky things that made them different with a model of somewhat being similar if that makes any sense like we want to make this viewing for the for the viewer very similar to the PGA Tour right. and the goofy stuff like the leaderboard we're going to just we, we can't do that i i don't know it's 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 a really weird idea okay we got to move quickly and we'll go to baseball you say kikuchi will have a lower era than jose barrios this season <laughs> I'm giving that to Sizzle. Could it give it more? One more, please. <laughs> and again, <laughs> Barrios is under the gun. You talk about guys like Dregs used to do a hockey segment called Under Pressure or Under the Gun or something at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. or it would be like Hot Seat or something. Barrios is that guy in baseball for the Blue Jays because he got the bag of money. And he better be a stud this year. It was an off year. And I don't know how long it would take you guys, but it would be game one struggle. I'm worrying, and I'm concerned mm-hmm. that there's something really wrong. So he better get it together. I, I agree with you. Like, Barrios is the guy under the gun. He underperformed last year. He's getting paid to be an ace. And maybe you can't expect him to be an ace, but he sure as hell could be pretty close to that. But regardless of all the pressure he's under, there is no way... You say Kikuchi will have a lower ERA than him. JP, give me the sizzle. Oh, yeah. You say Kikuchi having a bounce-back year would be really nice for the Jays. They need Jose Barrios to have a bounce-back year. Like, up, his yep. ceiling is so much higher than Kikuchi. And you know what You know what would be a nice bonus, Death Row? If Kikuchi rebounded as well. I, absolutely. But I think they're in more trouble if Barrios doesn't bounce back no than kidding. if Kikuchi doesn't bounce back. So for the sake of the Blue Jays, give it to me. This is all. Oh, we got to do one more. No, we got we got to go to break. We'll do one more at the end of the show. Okay. All right. All right. Life or death row. After there's that. one, there's one I'm looking at right now, and it's gonna cause a stir with Jeff. Okay. There's your tease. All right. What also, a tease. What also a tease. coming up, Dave Poulin to kick off the six o'clock hour, and Josh Lundberg will get his thoughts on Fred Van Vliet's comments after their loss to the L.A. Clippers. That's all coming up. This is Overdrive on TSN 1050 and on TSN 2.